Welcome to Real Weddings with Sarah. I'm Sarah Kennedy from Irish Wedding Blog, one of Ireland's leading sources for wedding inspiration, advice and support. Real Weddings with Sarah brings you an inside snoop of some of Ireland's best-loved personalities and celebrity weddings. Join me as I indulge on all of the wedding goss. Today we're mixing things up a little bit. We have an extraordinary guest today who will offer insights that are especially valuable for couples preparing to walk down the aisle. This is what I call future-proofing your relationship. It's my absolute pleasure to welcome Lisa McFarland, founder of The Relationship Coach NI. We'll explore the essential dynamics of relationships, providing you with some insightful food for thought as you embark on the journey of your married life together. Lisa, I'm absolutely thrilled to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Do you know, your content came up on my feed months ago and it started off that I was just getting like, you know, it's one of those ones that are like the kind of the alarm. Uh You know, when you see it, it's just like, you know, focus on your relationship, you know, focus on intimacy, all these things. And you're kind of like, oh, Jesus, I almost whatever, nine years married. She's a bit triggering. She's a bit triggering. Can I ignore her? Oh, my God. I was like, she looking at my house. (laughs) 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 But no. And I just said, wow, actually. And then I read more and more into your content. And I was like, how valuable would this be for couples starting out? And I think there's so much. there's so much gold there that you don't realize faces you when you're married until yeah. you're actually married, you know, yeah. and it's really good to have a heads up so that you can yeah. preempt and know, oh, we're going to face this. Yep. We feel prepared and armed. So look, Lisa, can we start off? Can you tell yeah. us a bit about you? Maybe tell us about your background and how mm-hmm. I suppose how you work with couples in particular. Mm-hmm. So my background is in HR, <laughs> madly. Right, um, right. Well, people my... people in relationship and conflict mm-hmm. management. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all come full circle, really. Yeah. But my husband and I have been together now 33 years. We're 27 years married. And I just wish we had the tips and tools that we now have at the start. It just would have made things so much easier. So we have a great relationship and we love each other and we have always loved each other. But it wasn't until we went on our little journey that we were like, oh, this is my conflict style. This is my attachment style. This is my love language. We just didn't know any of the things until about seven years ago. And then we went on our little journey and we found all these things. I was like, oh, my dear goodness, everyone needs to know this. My husband was like, really do they and I was like yes they do everyone needs to know this and that's when I started the Facebook fake Facebook page um because I was so embarrassed and uh nervous and then the Instagram page started and then in COVID it really just went yeah And, and because of COVID do you think that was because couples were so on top of each other that all of a sudden there was no distraction of running here and there to work we're working on top of each other living on top of each other we could only spend time with each other we were each other's bubbles that it came to a head for a lot of couples mm-hmm. and it was great for a couple of weeks <laughs> it was great yeah. for a couple of weeks also I went on Instagram every morning during the first lockdown and I said I'd be here for 14 days and I did 57 days in a row every morning at 10 o'clock and that's when it really kicked off for me because people started noticing me um, and yeah. people even say to me now oh, you're that woman who did that mad. I'm like, yep, that's me. Um, Also, we have to remember that love lives in closeness 
and desire lives in distance. Mm. Explain that one to me. So love is all the time we spend together and it's just so beautiful and it's all flowers and roses and desire doesn't live there. Desire lives in seeing your person as the other. Mm. So we talk about that being the third. So not a third person. But that's that's your jam. That's grand with me. Don't panic about that at all. But it's about seeing your person being, you know, doing their own thing. You know, my husband's a cyclist or he also plays a little bit of piano. And when I see him doing his thing, I'm like, ah, that's my guy. That's the guy I fell in love with. Yeah, that's the per. Yeah, I get you. So it's like the love part is you together. It's in your cocoon. It's in your world. And you exist as this kind of entity as a unity. But then like there comes a point where that breaks out and it's like, there you are in your own right. So like I'm watching my husband and off he goes, He's, you know, could be playing football with the kids, could be going to play golf, yeah. cheating exactly. things at work. I'm like, oh, that was, that's you. That's all for you. That's your sense of person outside of the gooey, you know, but back in, back in, you know, our little world. Exactly. So- Somebody told me during COVID that they missed their husband's white shirt under their suit. You know, that was wow. they fell in love with. They didn't fall in love with a joggy wearing Zoom person. Yeah, yeah, I get. <laughs> I, but do you know, like it's it's so fascinating that you say that because I think, you know, for many couples in COVID, when you think of it, like it could have gone either way for an awful lot of couples. I think, mm-hmm. you know, I think mm-hmm. for some, they probably hadn't had that time to themselves in a long time to be together which brilliant if it worked brilliant mm-hmm. but then yeah seeing your other half as this other like it's even if you think about work colleagues like people who you you know there's always a distance between you because there's always been a suit or there's been some armor or something physical that they wear and then all of a sudden everybody's a leveler everybody's you know everybody's in the sweats with the kids bursting mm-hmm. in, in the background and exactly. it is it's just a different thing wow. and that and, and that little phrase my other half I know it's very anecdotal here in Ireland I don't love it why because we are complete as we are you are awesome you're already complete you don't need another half if you choose to pick someone to journey this life with who you're going to emotionally support and they're going to support you and we're going to build something together brilliant but you're not I think that you're not losing a part of yourself to become part of them. And that phrase, your other half, kind of portrays that you're not whole. I get you. But you said I'd see it as a term of endearment more so than like, you know, I find like saying, oh, my husband, I find that's really smug, whereas my other half is kind of like a lighter way to say it. But I know what you mean. It is that... um, yeah, it's almost handing over a certain, uh, it's almost like cutting yourself in half and saying, I'm only half the person I am because it's. Or without him, without them, I am incomplete. Yeah. You're already complete. Right. You choose to walk this journey with someone that's awesome. Yes. Partner. Partner's a partner. So other half banned. Okay, right. That's that's one. I'm going to just write that down. That's Don't say that anymore. Okay. Sorry. I am fully complete. And you have to remember, I was codependent for 25 years. Other half is very, it's a very codependent term. Right. And I was codependent for 25 years. Jesus. I say it all the time. I didn't realize the connotation. It's very good. I have to go down and break the news to Owen. I'm feckin' codependent <laughs> after all these years. <laughs> 
<laughs> I need to be more independent. Leave me alone. <laughs> but no, it, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I suppose yep. is that why and I'm probably jumping ahead here, but is that why so many people um, there is that kind of where relationships can break down is because they put so much onus on the other person to be the beholder of their mm-hmm. of their everything, their life, you know, rather than being, no, this is my yeah. life, you yeah. know. Wow. Okay. You, you, you are the master of your own happiness. This is cleansing. <laughs> and then and then and then you bring that greatness to another and that person who is already whole brings their greatness to you and you build something beautiful i love that i love that because like when, when you, i suppose when you think about it it's for so long and particularly you know down south you know and if you're getting married in you know the, the church and probably the same lisa uh, for, yep. for yourself but it's all about the two candles becoming one mm-hmm. the unity like you, you, you become one. Mm-hmm. And that's what's been, you know, in the mind, in the head for so long. It's like, oh, we're now this one unit. But it's I think it's how you perceive what a unit looks like. Yep. You know, it's, it's really interesting. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. You're one unit and you're going to build something beautiful. But where do we lose ourselves in that unit? Mm. Because it's very easy. Like I was having this conversation with somebody there a couple of weeks ago and it's like, my God, where did those last X amount of years go? Who am I anymore? I don't I don't even know who I am anymore because mm-hmm. I'm just literally going through life like bland, just <laughs> getting through the day. Mm-hmm. So it is that. Yeah, it, I can see how that. And, and I think that's where people get really, you know, antsy is when they start to realize I've lost a part of myself. I don't feel like I'm me anymore. People say to my husband, so since all this madness happened, people say to my husband, <clears throat> I have to brace myself to say these words. I can't believe you let her do this. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a thing. So people say, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, and my hubby, who is absolutely divine creature, says, This has always been my girl. You just didn't see him before. And that's sad for you. Well, it says more about them, mm-hmm. you know? And I totally I lost myself. let her do that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, when I say friends, I use that loosely. Um, but I totally lost myself in my 30s. In my 30s, I had children dripping off me, mm. dripping off me. I had no, I, like I, oh, yeah, totally lost myself. And it's a whirlwind. Yeah, it's a whirlwind. 30s is is mad. It's mental. And you know what? It's okay. It's yeah. all right. Because do you know what? When you look back and you're going, and like, I'm not, I've only just turned 40, so I'm not too far off it. But I look back at my 30s and I go, wow, those last 10 years, I got married, I've had three kids. And, <laughs> you know, I started my own business. I've got this mad blog thing. And it's actually, do you know what? While it's mad, it's been really positive. Wouldn't you know, change in any way. change a thing, but it is that thing where it's very easy that depending on your footing coming into a relationship, it could go either way. I'm really, really lucky, like yourself, Lisa, because... And not to be smug, but Owen is very like, and rightly so. It shouldn't be that it, it should be any other way. But he is just like, go you. You yeah. know, that's yeah. Like I turned around to him and I said, I'm going to give up my very secure job now. And I'm going to go and set up my business in COVID. And he was like, I trust you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your person should be your biggest cheerleader. Yeah. 100%. If your person is not your biggest cheerleader, 
<laughs> no, no, they're not. They they can't. Yeah, they're not proud of you, and you know, and they're yeah. embarrassed by you. And there, there, yeah. there can be hesitations. You know, how are we going yeah. to do this financially? Yeah, what's the plan here? Do yeah. we need to save for six months? And you know, what's going to happen with the kids? There's practical things we have to look at. Of course, of course, depression should be your biggest cheerleader. Yeah, and they should know you to know mm. that you come up with the goods. Mm-hmm. Lisa, can I ask? Yes. Do couples only come to you if they're experiencing issues? Yes and no. So okay. yes, obviously couples come to me when they're experiencing issues, but I have lots of couples who come to me either before they get married or they've maybe just moved in together and they're like, okay, we thought this was going to be like heavenly and uh, there's like just a few issues here. Oh, yeah. Um, so I always say to people, come before the wheels fall off. Because once the wheels fall off, there's very little we can do. I know, because resentment is in and it's very hard to scrape back through resentment. Like, you know, and it's, it's I a tough one. When my husband and I went on our journey, I wish we'd have gone earlier. Mm. You know, we were at the stage where, you know what, we need to sort this out, you know. Yeah. And we had a huge, we had just so much weight on us from our other business and our kids were all teenagers. And once we started on our journey, I was like, why have we not done this years ago? The stuff that she told us was just so simple. Yeah. But so practical. I was like, what, what ever stopped us? And my whole aim is to take away the shame and guilt. Yeah. Stop being embarrassed about asking for the tips and tools. We need to know this stuff. We get yeah. no education. On There's no manual. You, all you've got is your, the the only reference point you have is your own parents. Mm-hmm. That's it. And, and that's not even, to, and look great, happy marriages. If, but it's even a new world. if they were unbelievable, even if your parents were brilliant, they're not living in this time mm-hmm. with all the pressures that we have. Yeah. And the iPhones and the Instagram and the mm-hmm. Facebook mm-hmm. and the technology and the answering yeah. emails at nine o'clock at night. Even yes. if you saw the best example, it's not current for right now. Yeah, 100%. Ah, it's just, this is just fascinating. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, I wonder what you, what you think of this. I did a podcast with um, Dave and Dave from The Happy Pair and his gorgeous wife, Sabrina, oh. um, and stunning couple. And they say, said, and I was like, what? <laughs> when they said it. But he's like, we basically sit down once a quarter Mm-hmm. And we talk about our relationship and that mm-hmm. could be like, you well, there was these few things and it's like proper, like, you know, meeting agenda. Mm-hmm. Here we go, letting mm-hmm. it all out. And then they tackle it. They have the conversation. They hit it head on, never fall out over, but but they bring it in and and, and they air it. And I was kind of going, oh, my God. But well, I actually have I actually say on a Friday night, Saturday night, just say, so how do you think this week has been? Have I met your needs? Have you met my needs? Where this week have you, have I annoyed you and you've chosen not to bring it up? Where have you annoyed me this week and I've chosen not to bring it up because the kids were in the middle of it or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where where have I showed up really well for this relationship this week? Yeah. All that sort of stuff. Every Friday night, every weekend. But do you find that couples can be nervous about having those very, conf- not confronting, but those very open, insecure Mm-hmm. conversations because what if somebody turns around and says I'm not happy but we don't want to wait till we're not happy we want to say on a weekly basis have I met your needs this week mm. is it all good yeah and our partner goes oh I loved it when such and such happened on Tuesday 
Yeah. And we say, oh, yeah, brilliant. I can do that again. That's no problem at all. Yeah. So not waiting till I'm unhappy. I'm yeah. miserable. And, just, yeah. Well, this is it. And you know that scene from the breakup, but this is what I remember from our marriage course was, you know, the scene where there's loads of building up and mm-hmm. then Jennifer Aniston loses her mind about the lemons. <laughs> and it was never about the lemons because it was all these little things built up. So then she looks like a lunatic over these <laughs> Second lemon, <laughs> you know. So it does. I suppose if you were doing your your weekly check in, you avoid all this little kind of things we get, bubbling we get up. In, we get into this mad comfort zone, which isn't really very comfortable at all. Yeah, it's just a comfort zone of resentment, maybe. Yeah, and we know all the good stuff happens in the stretch zone. So let's make that stretch zone a normal thing. Yeah, 100%. every cent, every ten days, whatever it is. I love that. Lisa, what should couples expect as they embark on their married life? Mm-hmm. Like what are those those common pitfalls or, or reasons you see for breakdown that you've you've observed in your practice? So learning how to do healthy conflict is so important. OK, we come to relationship with almost a conflict style and we've been with our person for a year, two years, three years, I'm sure you could write the script for what happens. So it can be, it can start over anything, but then the script unfolds. So maybe one is a huffer, like I was. Maybe one is defensive. Maybe one is a door slammer. Maybe one is, a, you know, flies up. Maybe one's silent, whatever it is. But you can write the script of how mm-hmm. you're going to behave and how your partner's going to behave. Learning to do healthy conflict is so important so we do healthy conflict by saying our i feel words not by you did you did you did okay, right yeah okay yep let me give you an ex- example <laughs> jesus i need to talk in parables now so at christmas time i had um i've had this invisalign thing in my teeth so christmas time i've i'm finished and i was um prancing around um congratulating myself on my beautiful teeth and my husband said, mm, let me see. And I said, yeah, da, da. he goes, mm, I can see absolutely no difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that face. Right. Uh-huh. And okay. oh, so okay. how many seconds was it before uh-huh. you killed him? <laughs> oh, it gets worse. And he said, and how much was it again? Oh, <clears throat> mm-hmm. yeah, oh no, yeah. it gets worse. Wait, wait, wait. He was not Oh, we're, la- we're laddering this. This is just getting, mm. he's just taking he the said, hole. It's like, get the shovel, mate. Get the shovel. <laughs> and so he turned to our grown up children and said, Can you see any difference in mommy's teeth? But I could feel the red. You were very gracious for sparing his life. Sparing his life, literally. <laughs> um, so I could feel the red mist descending. So you know the red mist either descends upon us really well. Mm-hmm. And yep, So in every other walk of life, we can get a handle on that. So we don't respond to the red mist with our children. We don't respond to the red mist in work. We don't respond to the red mist. But when it comes to our partner, the person we do the most intimate acts with, mm-hmm. we let the red mist rule the roost. Okay. So we don't need to do that. We stop. Okay. So we talk in our house about going to the utility room because it's the TARDIS of emotions. So I go to the utility room and I do my breath work. <laughs> and I say, Lisa, you've paid far too many people far too much money to do this now come on you can do this what's under the red mist because the red mist is only ever triggered by the feelings underneath Mm -hmm. so we think of the red mist being like the 
um, lava of the volcano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Volcano. And so it's just so they're kind of stoking that mm-hmm. by by adding in that commentary. Yeah, yeah. OK, so what's in the volcano? I feel unseen. Mm-hmm. I feel unheard. I feel undermined. I feel disrespected. Um, and I just feel downright sad. Mm-hmm. As soon as I identify within myself, the, um, you know, undermined thing. Yeah. That's a wound for me from childhood. Okay. So I need to respond to that. So I come to my person and I say, sweetheart, I need to talk to you about something and I need a safe place to land. Now, my person is totally entitled to say, babe, give me a second. I'm in the middle of putting the kids to bed or I'm just about to take the dog a walk or I'm empty, whatever it is, or I'm just about to, get, let me just get this email finished and then, okay, that's fine. So I need a safe place to land. Thankfully enough, my hubby was like, yep, safe place to land. So when he hears that term, safe place to land, that's his superhero keep on, okay? okay. So that's same- not like when mom is like, I'm getting the wooden spoon and you start, oh no, we're dead. Like, no, this is like, okay, we're going to have a reasonable conversation here, okay? Not running away. She's not yeah. going to freak out. I'm going to present as a grown-up person. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be avoidant or anxious. We're in this okay. together, building something. Okay, so that's his cue. Forget your superhero cap. Your superhero cape on. She's coming in hot. Right. And she said, "When that happened, when that situation happened about my teeth, I felt the da da da. I felt the da da da. I felt. Okay. And his response is, "Babe, I didn't mean to make you feel like that. I'm sorry." And gone. 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 Issue gone. gone. Whereas you see now, Lisa, that was my house. I now, stacked that all night. Wait. Plotting is my revenge. Wait. My default setting is anxious attachment style. Okay. Every part of my being wants to say, well, why did you say that? What did you think that? Da-da-da-da. Okay. But we have to check that in ourselves. I've had the sorry and I've had the accountability. And I'm coming to this relationship like a grown-up, not like my mommy. So I say, thank you. I appreciate that. What's for dinner? Let's get on with the day. Now, I wish I was really that woke, but later that night, I had to go at it again. So you had to go at it again. Okay, right. Fair. But you're well within your right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So things were all good. We're sitting watching a movie and I said, babe, it's so funny. It's like, I know what's coming. And I said, do you really not like my teeth? And he said, sweetheart, I loved your teeth before. If you're happy, I'm happy. But honestly, I see no difference. So his opinion had not changed one bit. But I could accept that. It mm-hmm. was okay. I felt seen and heard. Yes. And that's what we need to be. This boils really down into and you know what I've interviewed an awful lot of couples over this podcast and every single topic that comes up it's about communication right and this is exactly your communication toolkit almost like so how do you like you don't just get there you don't just get to to Lisa straight away so how do couples get to having a good communication style with each other and then how do you maintain it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so I was um 
huffing. So people in England don't know what huffing is. So it's like stonewalling. So it's the silent treatment. Yeah, that's so me. I was, I, it's okay. So I was a huffer for 25 years. Okay. That was my go-to. And when we went to therapy and the therapist told me I couldn't huff, I huff with her for the whole session and had to pay her. Can I ask this about the huffing and the silent <laughs> treatment, right? Because I feel like I just can't get the words together. I'm not trying to inflict something shitty on anyone when I get silent treatment. Mm-hmm. I just haven't. I'm so red mist. Mm-hmm. That I can't find the words. And I know if I go head on, I'm going to say something mm-hmm. really horrible. So there's two different things. So there's. I need a little bit of distance here to figure out what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. that's fine walk the dog go for a bath you can even sleep on it it's all right it's okay real huffing is after you've had the argument removing emotional connection from oh, the like using it as weaponry almost exactly okay okay well I don't do that okay. I just I just shrink into myself and I'm like Can't and sleep. when that happens you need to say babe I just, there's a lot going on inside and I don't want to say the wrong thing. I just need to process this. Okay. Writing that down. (laughs) It's been a big day with the kids. It's been a big day with the kids. It's been a big day with work. Haven't got to the end of my emails. That silly woman hasn't messaged me back. Okay. I just need to sit with this for a wee while because I don't want to say the wrong thing. That's perfectly fine. Wow. Okay. It's also perfectly fine if you do start getting into an argument and you find yourself falling into old traits to say, I sometimes tell my couples to say weird things like burnt toast or lasagna or something, which gives each other a, a sign that says, okay, no, we're just going to stop now because we're going to end up saying something we don't mean. We mm-hmm. need to stop. We need to take a break. We need to walk the dog. We need to go for the bath. We need to just watch something on the TV. We need to take the break. Yeah. Worst advice I ever received was don't go to bed in argument. Worst yes. advice ever. Sometimes a good sleep is all you need. Yeah. Because the, the problem is it. so much less significant. After yeah, can we put a pin on that? I just don't know how I feel about that whole thing. I put a pin on it. I love you. Can we go to sleep now? And we'll talk about it tomorrow. We don't have director's meetings at 11 o'clock at night. Yes, yes, yes. We certainly don't waken someone at two o'clock to discuss the situation. And, you know, for couples who, you know, they're about to get married, um, they may not have had to have any, they may not have ever, had a fight they may not ever have had any sort of argument and then they get catapulted in this wedding situation where it's family dynamics now start to come in and everything's starting to layer and then his mother's interfering and he won't tell her and then all of a sudden there's all like where where people not not fighting worries me a little bit people not arguing worries me that they're just not discussing the thing because they're terrified that they can't do it well yeah, or else somebody will it'll all be in if they if they express their feelings exactly. then it, it'll upset the apple cart so there's a little test you can do online it's the argument style test and i think one of them is the hermit crab and one of them is um oh what is it? something about everything was under the rug you know so it's like if we keep pushing this stuff under the rug and we keep, it's like you were saying about jennifer Anderson and the lemons yeah then it's like all about your mother-in-law. You know, it's like, it's not about your mother-in-law at all. It's not about the finances. It's not about the floors. It's not about the table setting. It's actually about that thing that happened six weeks ago. You know, how do you make sure then as a couple that you're emotionally available for each other 
in those stressful times? Like, how does that like like how do you get this like awakening and, and you kickstart and go, OK, I'm emotionally available or what? Is there anything that you should have? Like, is there anything you can tell us today that would make us sit yeah. back and go, mm, yes. OK, so you have to do your love language test. OK, you heard of love languages? No. Well, I've heard a love language, but I don't know the test. And I, okay. uh, you know, you kind of hear people using it. Do you know what? I hear it's such a TikTok thing Mm. as well where people use it so freely that it's like well I don't know what mine is okay so it's free test online lovely gentleman in America just put it online for free so the love languages are time touch words of affirmation acts of service and gifts okay you do the test it sends you a little email to tell you what your primaries are so what we do is we show love how we want to be loved Right. What we have to do is find out what our partner's love language is and show love to them in their love language. So my husband and I, our primary is time. So that just happens naturally. That's easy. Just happens. Okay. My secondary is words of affirmation. His secondary is acts of service. So I show love to him by saying, that looks great. Love that shirt. Did you get your hair cut? That was a great job. And he looks at me like, okay, whatever. Doesn't speak love to him. It's fine. Doesn't pick up him. If he is cutting the grass and I take him a cup of coffee and a Kit Kat, you would think I was the Queen of Sheba. That is my house. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that is my house. We were in our other job today and I made someone a cup of coffee and I just, just one of those things. I forgot to make him one. And, you know, I was like, oh, I'm sorry, babe. I'll do it now. You know, acts of service are his love language. Yeah. Speaking to him in those acts, is what I need to be a bit more conscious of. It doesn't come naturally to me. I need to be a bit, I could make, I've made that man's dinner forever, but it could be beans on toast and he would still be grateful. Yes. It's love language. Okay. Mine is words of affirmation. That is, does not come naturally to him, but he can be a bit more focused and pull it out of the bag and just do it. I cannot tell you the amount of men I coach and I say, I don't care if you have to set an alarm on your phone to say the words, just send the hearty face, Say the words, just get it done. So true. So like, and these aren't like, that's not. uh, Not complicated. It's not complicated. If you have children over four, you can do the test with them. This saved my life when my children were teenagers. Right. So obviously the the conflict and the the dynamic of the teenage mindset and very easy to go head to head. So my. My oldest girl, who's 21 now, her love language and mine are the same. So it was time. So I, she needed my full attention when she came home from school and all the words. My other daughter is not time. It's um, acts of service and gifts. Mm-hmm. So whenever I would say to her, how was your day? And what happened? And she would be like, oh, terrified deer in the headlights. Yes, I do. That's my eldest. He hates it. Hates it. So I let let her go to your room, pot her around, all that, take her up a cup of tea or hot chocolate and a little digestive. Then I would perch in the head of the bed and she'd go, oh my, do you know what happened today in school? Okay. Yeah. And I would say, oh no, sweetheart, go ahead. She would tell mommy what happened today in school. And she would open up. I'd be like, that's great, honey. Thanks for sharing it with me. And I would leave. The mind is crazy, isn't it? Mind. So much. I also like to say my girls are 15 months apart. So mm-hmm. I don't know what you're meant to do with that information from the same gene pool. Wow. 15 months apart. I mean, and they couldn't be more different. The hormones in your house. Oh, it's great. Oh, That's I a lot it. of red mist. Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> you wouldn't have it any other way. With your poor boyfriends, can you imagine? Um, so do your love language test free. 
do your attachment okay. style test. The I would not recommend reading the Love Language book. It's very outdated. But the attachment style test is also free online. There's numerous ones attached. The book is actually very, very good. So we okay. have secure, anxious, and avoidant. It's our job to become secure. So what we were talking about earlier is that we're complete. We're whole. We don't need another half. We want to choose someone to spend this life with. That's awesome. Okay. So that's secure attachment style. Anxious is what's going on with you. Why are you behaving like that? Uh, 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 all that. Mm. Is, I can't go there with you. You're freaking me out. Now, listen to me. When I figure out why anxious and avoidance are attracted to each other, like a moth to a flame, I won't be talking to you anymore. I'll be on a beach and crack the code. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Anxious and avoidant are attached, attached, or attached, attracted like a moth to a flame. Is that because it's like the challenge or something like that? With because think, it feeds that adrenaline to the yeah. anxiety. Yeah, I think it's like you see, I should be anxious because they're just avoiding all the questions. Because it's like a hook your mind can go into, which kind of yeah. If you get the answer before me, I'm expecting half to go to Cancun to live together. I tell you, I'm here like Russell Crowe in a beautiful <laughs> mind here. <laughs> I'm like clocking it all up. I'm like, Ooh, it's because of so, this. <laughs> I am a very secure woman. <laughs> but when I get into conflict, I can go anxious. Mm. So it's about figuring out what your default setting is. Yes. And I think recognizing that in yourself alone saves yep. so much drama and you can say when you're in the middle of conflict you can say okay oh my dear goodness i'm getting so anxious right now set the egg timer give me three minutes to like go here and then i'm gonna stop you know and your person can say i want to avoid this like the plague but i'm really trying to hang in here with you it's just fun. it's just it just takes the it, it rips the curtain back you know yeah absolutely <laughs> So, so, so number one, love language test. Number two, attachment style. Mm -hmm. Is there a number three thing to do yep. here? You do your um your argument style test. Okay. So the this is the style, whole thing. So the argument styles are um Labrador, feral cat, <laughs> hermit crab, Check. and porcupine. <gasps> Right. So Labrador is, it's all going to be okay, don't panic. It's all going to be fine, it's all going to be fine. We're just going to fix all this, it's all going to be fine. It's all going to be fine, it's all going to be fine. Yeah, okay, so, yeah, just... Unrealistic. Yeah, all over, unrealistic. For, uh, can I say, can I say all the big words mm -hmm. here? Mm -hmm. So for a cat is, I am so cross with you, but I'm but have sex with me right now. I'm so upset with you, but slam me against the wall and have mad passionate sex with me. For a cat... Dirty feral cat. Uh -huh. <laughs> yep, porcupine. I'm going to say all my words and then I'm going to shut down. So I'm going to put all my porcupine at you and then I'm going to shut down and you're not going to be able to emotionally attach with me at all. Okay, hermit crab. We're not discussing it. It's all under the carpet. It's Don't worry. It's fine. It's done. It's fine. It's fine. fine. It's fine until the lemons fall out of the fridge. <laughs> Jesus, like no one's coming out well with those four, are they? Like, no. but again, it's about saying it. It's about saying that's who I am, you know. Yeah. First time I had to walk across the floor and ask for a hug when every fiber of my being wanted to hug, wanted to cough, mm -hmm. I thought my skin was going to fall off. Yeah, it's like, it's, is it like a defeat? I would find having to give in. <laughs> I think I was probably huffing from I was two. Mm. So the programming, so from two 
to 43 is a long time. Yes. So the programming was huge. And all my automatic negative thoughts, and I call her Shirley, um, all my were like, don't give in. It's like, okay, Shirley, aka automatic negative thoughts, we're building something here. It's okay. We have a difference of opinion. We can literally hug this out and get there. Love hugging it out. We may have different opinions, but we're a team. But that's it. And like, if you think about it, I'm just thinking about this out loud now. Like, you can live with someone. Say you were living with your friends in college. Mm-hmm. Of course you'd have fallouts. Mm-hmm. But you're now living with this person nonstop for the foreseeable future. Like, the reality I, is, is there are going to be arguments. I heard Esther Perel say this the other day. She's my queen. Um, and I laughed myself. You know, when your work colleague is late, they're just late. But when your person is late, they hate me and I don't love them well enough and they're a horrible person. <laughs> now that's gone into overdrive. That escalated quickly, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, they're just late. They're just late. That's it. They're just late. late. Just like if your work colleague was late, just like your friend was late, they're just late. But no, oh, they will all kick off. They don't love me anymore. I'm not lovable. What's happening here? Tell me this one, right? So they, they do mm-hmm. those tests, right? Love language, attachment, argument style. Is there another mm-hmm. one or is that the three? Just, just start with those three and you can those buy three. my ebook. That would be great. And then you've got <laughs> <laughs> available to download online right this minute. Uh-huh. And then yeah. that will, but that genuinely gives you the like, here's the next steps of what Look, you do with here's that information. The here's the thing. These are just little tools to get the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. They are not foolproof. They are not, they're not the Gospels. They're no. just little things to get you talking about bigger things. Yeah. And keeping you aware mm-hmm. and in tune with the, with each other. With each other. So what do you find, right? So we have a, we have some form of a, of a toolbox, right? Mm-hmm. But what do you find are the recur- recurring issues that kind of spark breakdown? In-laws, finances. Children, intimacy, healthy conflict. Yes. <laughs> Everyone? <laughs> Just yes to them all? Yes. No, no. <laughs> I have to say I'm very lucky. You're always going to have. Look, the reality is, is you can't go through marriage without hitting the bumps. I firmly believe it. It's hitting the bumps. But if the foundations are right in the first place. So we talk about rupture, repair, rupture, yeah. repair. So it's about making the rupture as least as it can and repairing the quickest we can. Yeah. OK, so it's not about taking your mom's word for it over your wife's mm. or your mom's word for it over your husband's. Yes. You know, it's, yeah, about, it's, it's not a competition. It's not a competition. It's I hear you. I say to people sometimes. You know, are they having sex with you? Because that's the person we kind of have to vote for here. <laughs> the person that's doing the most intimate acts with you, that's kind of your teammate. Yeah. The one you've made babies with, that's kind of your person. Exactly. Yeah. You know? And I think, though, like that's where I see an awful lot of like major conflict, particularly couples that message me. It's all around this feeling that they're not being represented by their other half to the in-laws <clears throat> by their what by their other half I said it I said it 
But I, it, do you know what it is? It's like, it's just a term of endearment. I don't mean it. I don't mean that they've lost themselves, are your, but their partner. Are your, are your children complete as they are? 100%. So do they need another half to make them complete? Not at all. So why do we? So true. <laughs> You're corrected. So <laughs> sorry. You got a wee fishing connection there for Very free. Sorry, Lisa. Very sorry, it won't happen again. I'll try my best. <laughs> it is. It's a term of endearment, but there's so many terms of endearment out there that when we look at we go, it's not healthy. It does not help us. Yeah, like if you boil it down, the connotations, I suppose, with it is it's like you accept things in a certain role that shouldn't be in that role, we'll we'll mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I 100% get you. Um, can we talk anyway. about this friction within laws? Yeah. yeah. Um, because I genuinely see that this friction is probably the first the first time that there is a bit of a whoops in the road. What happens is we show up in our relationship as grown-ups, but we show up with our parents as 14-year-olds, 15-year-olds. True. And that little break is a wee bit tricky sometimes. That little break is a wee bit tricky. And it's tricky for parents too. I have not been through that yet, but I'm sure it will be when the time comes. Uh, well, I'm, I'm laughing to myself at the minute because we have two girls and then a boy. And the difference between the two girls having people at the house and that sort of thing, where my boy is going to other people's houses more and, you know, he's doing that. So it's difficult. It's difficult. It's about reassuring basically your mom and dad. You still love them. You still hear from them. But you're carving out a new life now, you know, and this person is really important to you, you know, and their needs and their wishes are really important to you, you know. Mm hmm. I know. And sure. Easier said, it's it's very hard to for some people. I see that they really don't have that level of communication dynamic with their with their with their family, that they find it so hard. That inner child finds it hard to bring up and be brave and say it, you know. And I'm sorry to be stereotypical, but especially men. Mm -hmm. You know, and I can't tell you the amount of couples I coach where um they're, they've had babies with their partner. They're having very good intimate sex with their partner, but they go home to their mommy's house and they lie on the settee and they fall asleep like a 15 year old. It's like, come on, mate. Show up as a grown up man, mm. looking after your family, caring for the people that you've literally brought into this world. Don't revert back to that 15 year old boy. Not attractive at all. Mm. I love that. <laughs> I know there's going to be so many just from the DMs I get. I just know people are going to be like, I'm playing this one out loud in the house. This is going on Alexa. You'd be <laughs> like, it's so forward all these to Lisa. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, or I hear this all the time. That's just what my mom's like. like OK, it doesn't well, make it okay. very difficult for the new person coming on the scene. That yeah. that's your mom's it's a big life. ask for somebody else to accept that as the standard. Yeah, it is a really big ask because, you know, you have to compromise. You have to find a way to find the balance. And here's the bottom line: you're going to get some of the answers about this one. The person, your person that you're picking to marry, has to become the most important important person in the story. Hmm. You two are choosing each other, and you're going to build something. You have to be the most important person in each other's story. Yes. And the rest is secondary. That's friends, that's work colleagues, that's your mummy. Mm, 
this, this, no, no, look, look, this is the reality. And like, not everybody wants to hear it and not everybody wants to, um, it's a, it's a, it's a very highly emotional time. And then to then have to say, because I think that there are people that are worried that if they get into such a fight about this family situation, that Mm -hmm. everything could go. Mm-hmm. in the morning mm-hmm. and the side will be taken and then the relationship is done and I also think in weddings it's a very very gray area because the mummy and daddies are probably paying for half of it oh stop I know this is the thing this is the thing although it's not as frequent as it used yeah. to be but yeah 100% yeah. tell me this one yes. right so we're, we're talking about this individuality in the relationship and look you know nothing like a bunch of kids to come along and uh-huh you know you derail mm-hmm. what can you do to maintain your individuality so that you are that's you know that you are you and you are bringing you to the relationship rather than half of you I suppose this yeah. other half concept like mm-hmm. what do people do and like I always I there's um there was a girl that was in touch with me that was saying to me like you know the, you know it was funny I looked after their wedding when I was a wedding coordinator and she found me years ago um she found me on Instagram and she explained that they'd broken up and I said, oh my God. And then her thing was, we just became different people mm-hmm. or he didn't change, but I had changed. Mm-hmm. I had done this. I had moved, you know, like that is such a, such a disappointment, you know, to hear because it was such a good, I remember them. They're such a lovely couple, but like how can couples balance that personal growth and that time together? So first we have to fill our own cup. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. So basically, yeah. it's nobody else's job to make you fulfill, feeling fulfilled. Complete. You have to do it. You feel you have to feel complete within yourself, mm-hmm. and then you bring that big full cup to your person, and then you fill the relationship cup from that place of fullness. Mm. Okay. Now, obviously, there's going to be times I have lost my mum and my daddy. So during those times, I was depleted. And it was lovely when my partner supported me mm-hmm. and encouraged me. I remember I used to used to say, I was I used to say, okay, so how was today? And he was like, 30% sparkle today. 30% sparkle today. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, I think today was nearly better. And he would say, Yep, absolutely, 50% sparkle. You know, so absolutely <laughs> yeah. encouraging, you know, yeah. all that stuff. But it was my job to go to therapy. It was my job to do the things. It was my job to get in the shower even though I felt nothing like it, you know, Mm. it was my job to do the work. Yes. He emotionally supported me. Brilliant. But it was my job to get myself back on my feet. Yeah. Yeah. Fill your own cup. Then bringing that person to the other. Um, And then we fill the relationship cup. So that's the first part. The, and and that does help with the other. So you're still saying you're staying separate, but you're wanting to, come to the relationship as the best version of you. Understand what I mean? Yes. So, and when you have kids, it's very, very, very difficult. It's very difficult to have time to fill your own cup. But when... Your your cup is is their cup, particularly Mm -hmm. when they're very young. Mm -hmm. But when are you the best mum? When your cup is full. When are you the best daughter? When your cup is full. When are you the best lover? When your cup is full. So if that means you need to leave your kids at crash a little bit longer. Or you need to spend more time with your kids. Or you need to have a weekend off and leave your kids with your parents. Whatever it is. You have to fill our own cup and then fill the relationship cup. Mm-hmm. 
I completely agree with that. That is, I always find as well, like, you know, if I have kind of a run of a few weeks where I haven't really got out, I'm mm-hmm. the, the grind of the routine, like you've done a day's work mm-hmm. just getting them to school mm-hmm. and, you know, and like I'm on edge, I'm on a knife's edge. But then if I have even one evening where I might go and do like, this mm-hmm. podcast yeah. right mm-hmm. this podcast or I got to go out with my friends last Sunday night I was brand new after mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. I was like oh, yes that's that's it my friends mm-hmm. we were chatting and it was yeah it was a grounder you know and you, you really really need that you know and you have something to bring to the relationship I know because do you know I see with a lot of couples they get married and then the individuality goes mm-hmm. and next thing there's nights out or there's events and it's always the two together. And that's OK, because, you, OK, you're a couple, but there comes a time where it might be a s- situation where it's the friends and it's like. Go, He's here again. You. Yeah. And um, the other thing you were asking me there about what happens when people go on a growth journey. So I believe that in most couples, there is a strength and there's a balloon. We're the balloons. OK, Just, you know. Um, so if the string holds too tightly, it's deflating for the balloon. Mm. If the balloon pulls too hard, it's too much for the string. So we have to get a little bit of a dance. When I started this madness, it was a lot and there was times and it was just full on. We're in a partnership here. I had to give my partner a minute to be like, okay, let me talk about it. I remember the first time I think I hit 2000 followers and I was past myself altogether and the influencers were shouting me out. It was all going a bit mental. And um, my husband was sitting on in the sunroom and I went out and I was like, <clears throat> sweetheart. And he knows that could be anything from my house down to the car, anything. And my sweetheart, he was like, oh, dear God, what is it? And I said, um, a wee thing has happened here. And you know how I'm on Instagram telling all the people all about all our stuff? Um, well, it's kind of just gone a wee bit and there's all these blue squares and it's a bit of a thing. And <clears throat> he knows nothing about Instagram, which is brilliant, I suppose. Oh, but anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so he said, right. Okay, I, I, I'm just going to need a minute with that. I need to think about it. And that's okay. That's perfectly fine. A person needs a minute. Yeah. Now, I did pray to BB Jesus that it wouldn't take four days because I was actually loving my whole life and I was really dying for this to be a real thing. And da, 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 da. So he came in from his man cave. If you're with a man, they need a man cave. Just a fact, they just need a man cave. Mm-hmm. So he came in from his man cave, AKA the garage. And he said, sweetheart, whatever it is you need to tell the people, tell the people all the things. If it's you and I, we have to stick our head above the parapet to make it better. Make it better. Wow. It's not, you. that's a rare find. Not many would agree to that. He did then say, but I will never be on that flipping page. And I was like, okay. That's that's the same I, I with that. That. He's like, no, nope. I don't do social media. Do that. I'm like, we could do a podcast. Like, Lisa, you do you, sweetheart. Loving it. That's and for you. It's not that. for me. Not for me. Saying that now, he has he does go on the page regularly now on the he's fine. And I do get little messages from women sometimes going, We haven't seen your hobby on the page for a while. I'm like, oh my dear goodness me. So he but curtain twitching. You know, yeah, exactly. But you know, it was very encouraging. And that was the level that he was at at that stage. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, because it's it's 
there's a security there. Mm-hmm. Ride or die. Bonnie and Clyde. Absolutely. Know? Bonnie and Clyde. Well, Jay-Z and sometimes, Beyonce. Sometimes we have to go a little bit slower than we would want to. And then there's other times he's like, do you know what you should do? And I'm like, okay, well, 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 well what's happening? What, yeah, yeah. what, what, why, why am I doing this? Like, you should definitely do that. I'm like, okay, right. Oh, yes, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it, I'll do it, you know? I love it. Um, can look you you've you've come out the other end as you've as you as you've said from bumps journeys all the rest mm-hmm. we talk about expectations mm-hmm. so a couples probably are to some degree none the wiser of the reality mm-hmm. of being <laughs> in, in being in the trenches of a real married relationship yeah. so how can couples manage i suppose those expectations of each other and the marriage I choose you. Yeah. I choose you. That, just That's as important. simple as that. Like, no matter today. what happens today, we choose each other. Whatever happens, happens. We're strong. We're good. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be okay. Maybe weeks, might be a few months, but I choose you. We're a team here. 100%. And one thing speaking of expectations and I suppose gearing up and we, we've spoken about like conflict and understanding our style but are you familiar with the marriage course here yes I've heard little bits about it I've heard little, I have not done it so I can't speak widely well, about it but. I did I did a non-religious one for a religious yeah. wedding but and it was and it was really good it was good in that respect but it's it's uh if you're getting married in the catholic church down here you have to do a marriage course with the yeah. court what is your what is your view on marriage courses in general, irrespective of you know religions if, or anything? If it gets you talking, have at it. Even if you disagree with everything that's said, you're still talking. Yeah, you're still talking about it. Mm-hmm. You're still prioritizing. We should do this, even if you disagree with everything they say. You know. Yes. Have at it. Whatever we can do to educate ourselves relationships are the hardest thing we're ever going to do but yet we get no education on how to do them and then when we start to struggle the shame and guilt that is attached to asking for help is ridiculous mm. there is no shame and guilt attached to asking for help if you can't get your child to go to the toilet there is no shame and guilt if you can't get your child to settle at nursery there is no and we just ask for help on mm. every, if your business was failing, if you couldn't get your podcast to do whatever, you can't get you'd your get a consultant. You'd, you'd go on a training course. You'd do it all, anything except relationships. Yes, and I will why, not. Rest. Why is that? I is will not fear, rest. Is it fear that somebody's going to come out and say that this is it? This is the end. Is that? Is it an insecurity thing? I think still in this country, it's, oh, have you heard about those two? They're having troubles. They're, they're heading from divorce. Really? So it's the worry of what other 100%. people will think. 100%. And quite frankly, I don't care. I will not rest until relationship coaching is a normal thing. I want to live in a world where it's odd to not go for a little bit of coaching. Yes. Before you move in together. Oh, have you two not read the book? Have you two not been, and you're going to move in together? That seems weird. I want to live in that world. That's my word. Yes, 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 yes. And you know what? As you say that, that kind of like, have you not read the book? Like we certainly didn't read the book. We went to this marriage course and there was a workbook Mm -hmm. and the questions in it, we were actually looking at each other going, Jesus, I never (laughs) thought about that. What would we do if one of our parents were sick and needed to live with us? 
or what would we do if you like and there was the, do you know what, job. what if you lost your job and there was one part in it where there was um there was a there was a question in it like so if somebody wants to become self-employed in the in the relationship what would you do so we kind of knew that Owen was actually very accepting <laughs> of if I ever want to set up my own business to the point of where we actually had that conversation because I would have assumed that you know if children need to be cared for and someone had to give up their career it would be me right mm-hmm. because that's just the natural default for women in the country and, and Owen actually turned around and said well you like working so why would that make sense mm-hmm. for you mm-hmm give that up whereas I I too like working but it's not as big a leap for me as it would be I don't mind I don't mind that you know so expectations not meeting reality are the core of every relationship yes yeah you think the dinner is going to be on and it's not you think they've gone to the grocery store and they haven't you think they're coming home at a certain time and they don't they think you're coming home at a certain time You think that you're getting this engagement ring and you get that engagement ring. Expectations meeting reality. Mm. Yeah. I kind of say, let's not have expectations. (laughs) Or say your expectations. (laughs) I I sometimes, when I'm, sometimes I go away and do talks and things. When I'm driving home, I'm like, what am I coming home to? What am I coming home to? Mm -hmm. Am I coming home to a loving, beautiful house? There's been no problems with any teenagers all weekend. Or am I coming home to hunker down here We've got all the all the emotions are all over the place you know yeah 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 no, we're coming into yeah and then it's not a displacement because it's reality see <laughs> your expectations i remember telling my then boyfriend i don't want you to pick my engagement ring like that would upset me greatly please don't pick my engagement ring i want to pick it myself i go. also didn't let him get up off his knee until i had children discussed very good yeah he was asking but but will you marry me and I said yes but I have a few things I need to talk about first can you just stay there till we get these and out comes this big long scroll <laughs> yeah and he's like seriously sweetheart I'm like um I'm like okay but I'm going to want children and we need to live in this country da, 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 da. and he's like yep absolutely absolutely so you know say your needs it is never selfish to say your needs you are the most important person in the story. Yeah. And you have to be honest with yourself. Absolutely. 100%. Tell me about this one, right? Because this is mm-hmm. where I struggle, right? You know, mm-hmm. different personal habits. Mm-hmm. And for reference, this might help you, Lisa. Mm-hmm. My other, my, mm-hmm. my, my husband, my partner, partner in crime, my, my ride or die. I need for a partner in crime. <laughs> he leaves every press door open, whether oh. it's a wardrobe, a door, a, a kitchen press door open, um, grinds my gears. And I I try, look, I try with all my will to go, look, he's always been like that, but I, I can't change it. But it drives me berserk, berserk. How do you manage that as a couple where it's just that one thing? It's not a make or break situation here by any means, but it's like, can it's us. not. And it's as the years, it's the years and the years and the years. It's kind of cute six months in, but now we're in the trenches here. I know. Yeah. Another thing I would get my couples to do is their core values. Yes. (laughs) I'm going to imagine that your husband's core value is not tidiness or organization. Not bad with tidiness. Probably not. He'll he'll say himself, not not most organized. Okay. Okay. I'm hyper organized. 
So when we do our core values, I'm actually your husband. My kitchen, don't the four doors could be open and my husband just walks in and goes, seriously, I'm like, I'm on it now. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm dealing with it. But I'm that person who makes dinner in the middle of their grocery shopping. You know, I'm that person. Oh and my husband is like, exactly that case. Um, <laughs> yeah, so my husband walks in and goes, I can't be here. Like, I just, I'm like, either put the groceries away or just give me 20 minutes and I'll be fine. So when we do our core values, um, one of his core values is tidiness and organization. It is not mine. But... I know it's his. Mm. So I try. I try. Even like, when I'm, it doesn't come naturally. Even when it doesn't come naturally. Yeah. Or when our children were little, it demented me that he put toys away every night. Because I was like, in eight hours, they're all going to be over the floor again. But I realized it was a core value. It made him feel like he could sit down. It made him feel like he could relax. So then when I if think he, I'm your husband. Mm-hmm, yep. I mm-hmm. think I'm him. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think you are too. That's just, I couldn't, couldn't possibly analyze that in four minutes. But anyway, so um, the writing's on the wall. <laughs> so then when he was putting the kids to bed, I would tidy up because I knew it was important to him. Yeah. Even though it was important to me. And know? yeah, and Owen does that because he knows he would sit in it, not bother him, but he knows it would tip me over the edge for the evening. Yeah. So it's about knowing those core values about each other and saying, okay, this is not important to me. This is not a core value to me, but it's a core value to them. Mm. Do that. And then that goes back to that love language. Yep. And it goes back to being seen, heard and celebrated. Yes, yes, yes. You don't care about the cupboards. It's about not being seen, heard and celebrated. I 100% get that. Can we talk about the big P? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'll talk about it now you like so go ahead passion mm-hmm. so getting married it's like the most passionate time it's the most positive time in your life you're away all the time you're okay you've got your stresses all of that but it's the most time you will ever have as you know this unit in the lead up and then life kicks in after it I'm not saying it all goes downhill it certainly mm-hmm. doesn't But how can couples now look, is it a reality to maintain? Number one, is it a a reality to maintain that premarital, you know, burst Mm -hmm. getting into marriage? Right. Mm -hmm. Where we're in the we're now on the on the Mm -hmm. on the track of life. Kids come along, Mm -hmm. you know, all sorts of challenges come Mm -hmm. along, high stress, low stress, ups, downs. Mm -hmm. Like, first of all, what is you know, how should couples from a passion perspective? What is what is the norm Mm -hmm. for those who are finding that or want to preempt that? So if you're listening to this as a couple and you're kind of saying, I don't want that to happen to us. Like, Mm -hmm. what are the kind of things people can be thinking about as a deterrent to make sure that the the big P doesn't go away and (laughs) and lose? Because that's the end of it. I think it's hilarious. I think you're hilarious. You're using the word big P. The big thing, um, the passion <laughs> that could be totally interpreted as something else, but anyway, let's go with that. Um, uh, so <laughs> what we have to remember is that at the beginning of a relationship, all the sex and intimacy is driven by hormones, lust chemicals. Okay, okay, lust chemicals last for anything from six months to 18 months. Okay, it's mother nature's biggest trick because back in the day, we would have been married and pregnant by the time those lust chemicals wore off. Okay. Yeah. So within within all the sex, so within those lust chemicals comes spontaneous desire. So that's the ripping your clothes off each other mm-hmm. thing. Okay. 
I'm going to say within that, it really doesn't happen organically. People say to me all the time, I just want our sex life back organically. You didn't really ever have sex organically. You always shaved your legs. In case it happened tonight. Mm. It was the date and whose house would be maybe going back to. Mm -hmm. It was always there. It was unspoken, but it was always there. And it maybe became came more naturally, but it wasn't organic. Okay? Yeah, okay. So, lots of people, spontaneous desire can last their whole lives. They look at their partner and they just feel spontaneous desire towards them. Okay? But what usually happens is we move more into responsive desire. Okay. Two different sorts of desire. So, responsive desire is that I have been trying to get my son to study for his exams and I'm demented. And I hear my partner say, Look, mate, you just got to get this done. Your mum is right. You have to get this done. We have to take these boxes, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I feel responsive desire to my partner in that moment. Okay. Yeah. Responding to an act that they have done mm-hmm. or you. responsive desire can be i don't really feel like sex but let's start and see what happens yes. and our body responds to the person's touch kiss hug all the things okay okay two different sorts of desire and if we knew this it would be so much more helpful you might have brides and grooms who are in the thick of organization and their spontaneous desire has died. But you know what? Or sorry, their yeah, their spontaneous desire has died, but their responsive desire is still there. Yes. You might also have couples that it kills their responsive desire when they side with their mother instead of them. Yes. Nothing kills a woman's libido like resentment. Nothing kills a man's erection like stress. Jesus Christ. And that's the facts. Your biggest, women's biggest sex organ is their brain. That's what they need to connect it with. Do you know that when women go through puberty, they go through puberty from their head down. And when men, boys go through puberty, they go through puberty from their penis up. Does the world make sense to you right now? knew that <laughs> however years old am we hearing this for the first time exactly jesus so this does make the whole thing that men's men biggest their... sex organ is their penis women's biggest sex organ is their, is their brain men connect through the physical act of sex women connect through emotional connection so here's one for you then right mm-hmm. so i hear this quite a lot and it's like, I might hear that um, she doesn't want to do this uh, and he always wants that. And it's mm-hmm. because her brain has basically gone, park it, mate. No, mm-hmm. head, is, head, head is not even. You're far, too, you're far too young for this. But there was a gentleman on the TV years ago called Dr. Phil. Oh, He's I know Dr. Phil. Phil. Yeah. And his famous one was, if you want sex, mate, on a Friday night, Starting a Monday morning. Christ. 
That yes. means empty the dishwasher. That means show up. Show up as a partner. Do, do those things. And the woman will say, the first question he asked me this week was, when are we having sex? Esther Burrell says, foreplay starts when the last orgasm ended. That is, wow. Let's do a whole other podcast on that. We've only There's a the whole story. other. Can we do a part two someday on yes. that alone? That <laughs> yeah. is fascinating. That is so much to unpack here. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm going to be using that. I'll be coming to it awesome. now. Do you know that now? So see that dishwasher there? Hmm? Do you know? <laughs> so, also, they tell us now that an average sex session lasts 13 minutes. 13 minutes. But as women, we have, oh God, what do we have to do now? What two hours to send it? Yeah. It's 13 minutes. It's 13 minutes to connect with your person. It's 13 minutes when you have to look at what your work life, home life, sex life balance is. If you don't have 13 minutes to carve out for your person, you need to look at that. How often should you be doing it a week? It's totally up to each couple. So okay. I like to say to people, try to not let a weekend pass. because then Without your 13 minutes. Your 13 minutes. Then another week passes. Another week passes. And now we're in a month. Now we're in six And now weeks. you're in a rut. And now it's awkward. And now you have to kind of have the conversation. And now you're in a hole. Yes, 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 yes. Sex yes. should never be transactional. It should never be, well, I cleaned your car and I did that. So you des- I deserve sex this weekend. That sex should never be transactional. We should be kissing our person every day for six seconds. What? Six seconds every day. Like? Six seconds. That's not like you kiss your mama. Jesus. Six seconds. Gives you a little mini drop of all the good chemicals that happen during sex. Here's the bottom line. When you have sex with your person, they're less annoying. If you've had two really good orgasms the night before, you don't care about those doors hanging open, let me tell you. (laughs) I will still care about those doors. <laughs> you know, let me tell well, you. Like you get over it quicker. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> hey, notice stuff. Six seconds, 13 seconds, and the doors are no longer a problem. <laughs> yeah. I said, that tea bag in the sink is not as annoying when you've had great sex the night before. I also say to people, so true. when so, you're in so a true. loving, caring, respectful relationship, sex is a bit like going to the gym. I have never in my life felt like going to the gym. But you know what? I have to go because I know it's good for me. And when you're in a loving, caring, respectful relationship, sometimes you just have to go to the gym. And have you ever had sex and it's been bad? If that is the case, that's when you look at that. We can all have bad days at the gym. Exactly. (laughs) And if it is, say your needs. Yeah. And that's a whole other episode. Let's leave them wanting. (laughs) Let's leave them wanting. Oh my God, we've had, we've covered so much ground and not enough. Not enough. <laughs> this is like, Jesus, so much to cover. <laughs> but look, as we wrap up, mm-hmm. look, there's so much there. But like, <laughs> if you could give one piece of advice to all yeah. couples who are about to tie the knot, mm-hmm. what would it be? Invest a little bit of money into your relationship, not just the day. Hmm. You agree. How much is this wedding co- this wedding day costing you? 
It's my joy to coach couples who are about to get married. Buy the books, talk to people, do the courses, all the things, you know, listen to the podcasts, read the books. Open the conversation. Just get it started. started. Have a chat about it. And I hope this this podcast actually really gets couples talking Mm -hmm. or even if it's just one listening to it, brings it back in to say, heard this podcast. You need to listen to it. I really really hope that women sending this to their people, to their partners. It's going to be hilarious. It's going to be funny. Talk to me about the coaching thing, like because nobody like and and Lisa, look, as you said, you're on this one woman mission to make this (laughs) become the norm and to be more as part of your agenda. But for some, so many couples, as I keep saying, but so many couples, this would not be, they're like, oh, we're getting married and that's, you know, we're good. So what does the marriage, what is marriage coaching? Mm-hmm. Um, How do couples do it? And mm-hmm. what's the requirement? Because I do think that some just feel nervous about it. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. I like to make it fun and informative. And remember, it's coaching. It's not therapy. It's about giving the tips and tools it's not about dredging up the past and talking about exes and picking at scabs that are mm-hmm. sorted. It's about here's the tips and tools and all couples have repetitive stuff that comes up for them. And Einstein said, if we repeat, repeat and repeat and expect a different outcome, that's insanity. Okay, exactly. Yeah. Something's coming up over and over again. Come for a little bit of coaching. Easy peasy. And if your partner will come, come yourself. Because if one person shifts it shifts the whole relationship. Absolutely. I also have an online course, which you don't have to actually see me face to face. It's all the videos. It's all homework. It's Go all that your stuff. own time and, and pick through it. A couple of hundred pounds. You just pick through it. I think it's five videos. You meant to do it over like five weeks. Do the homework, all that sort of thing. Buy the ebook. Start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Get Don't talking. Wait till the wheels fall off. Yeah. Come and get the information from somebody who's been married for 27 years and knowledge is power I want to be what I didn't have I remember standing in church one day asking these women how do you do this how do you have children and keep the big p alive and da, 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 da. and they just looked at me like oh oh it's, it's fine it'll just work out Lisa and I'm like this is this is ridiculous it just cannot just be the and just put it. this on a whim like this is an investment yeah. huh. I want to be that person if I possibly can well, I think you're halfway there, if not <laughs> three quarters. You're shaking yeah. my tree tonight, let me tell you. <laughs> now I know I can't ever give out about the press doors again. Thank you. Yeah, well, it's all <laughs> been seen, heard and celebrated. Oh, no, look, that's it. This has been mind blowing, like mind blowing, like love it. Absolutely love it. And such amazing advice. Tell us, Lisa, where can people connect with you? Just Instagram, relationship dot coaching dot ni or the website relationship coach and i and yeah drop me we follow and um, if you dm me you'll get a horrible automatic response that's just keep strange people away and um, i do go into my dms regularly but it's all there if you want a book or you want to, whatever it is you want to do and i give out free stuff on instagram all the time little tests little quotes all the things there's tons yeah, of stuff i love your account I love, love your account. It kind of gives me like that little kind of like idea for the week. You know, it's it is that thing where you kind of go, oh, that's how often you should be. Oh, right. OK. Right. I kind of try to pick things up on Fridays is my day to pop things up because I'm like, um, this is going to be a thing to do for the weekend. And also then I have the chat show. So the real, right. real talk chat show on YouTube with Jen Cameron. She's an absolute 
beautiful beautiful human so it's on youtube real talk um and it's great so we just want just want rta to pick that up and then we'll be golden oh look that's it easy peasy so that'll be grand not a bother <laughs> hear that rta i know you're all tuned in okay Lisa, thank you so much for your time. We've gone way over, but it was worth <laughs> every second. Every second. Thank you so, so much. You're very welcome. Thanks for listening to Real Weddings with Zara. Thanks to producer Ruth Devaney, voiceover extraordinaire Phil Colley, and Pink Champagne Wedding Band for our Cool Finds jingle. Join me next week where we will be chatting to another top guest to get the scoop about their wedding day and married life. Until then, you can find me at Irish Wedding Blog on social media channels.